Welcome to the Running After 40 podcast, the podcast about all things related to running at 40 and beyond, produced by www.runningwithgrit.com. We help you stay physically healthy and emotionally strong at any running pace. I'm Sarah, your host, and a wife, a full-time working mom with three kids, three dogs, and a lifetime passion for running. Whether you are a veteran runner looking to maximize your times as a master runner or a brand new jogger starting in your 40s, 50s, or any age, this podcast will be there for your journey. I want to share stories, secrets, and strategies for success. This includes mistakes and lessons learned, all related to running past age 40. Let's hit the play button together and hit the roads as runners with grit after age 40. All right, welcome back to season one of the Running After Age 40 podcast. And this season is all about how I get by with a little running with my friends. And I'm going to be detailing how real people run at age 40 and beyond. So my guest today actually isn't even 40 yet, but she is a rock star physical therapist that has worked on everybody in my family except for me, I think, for like pretty much any body part. So I thought she would be a wonderful guest because she uh, is a runner and a cyclist, I believe, and uh, just has a wealth of information about staying fit and healthy. And her physical therapist uh, background can definitely help us all. So Cassie, thank you for joining me. Can you uh, give our listeners just a little bit of background about you, your family, your professional life, whatever you'd like to share? Absolutely. So Thank you. Um, I will humbly say that I am still 39, so yeah. I am close to the running after the age of 40. Um, just had a birthday, so I'm going to hang on to this one yeah. last year. Um, I am a physical therapist. As Sarah mentioned, um, I do outpatient physical therapy, so I work with a ton of runners, a ton of injuries, just any of your prehab or post-op rehab, um, any aches, strains, muscle pulls, things like that. Um, I live here in Cedar Rapids and we are a very active family. My husband owns Need Pizza. So Mm -hmm. we're always running around um, between businesses and we have three little girls. Um, And yeah, just, just busy, but I love running. And I like to say running is kind of my medication um, and my, um, the way that I get through it all and stay sane. Yeah, I agree. So my running has obviously slowed down and, but it's still like my best mode of therapy. So that's for sure. And we love need pizza. My mom always laughs because I'll say like, we well, we're having need pizza. And she's like, you need pizza. I was like, no, the restaurant's called need pizza, mom. <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you? So we, we love that place. Um, how did you originally start running? Well, I was in all sports, um, all throughout Mm -hmm. my childhood and high school. And the furthest I really ran in track, which is funny is the warmups because I was a sprinter and I continued to work out in college. Um, but you know, my body style just changed and I was no longer the, the spurt, you know, quick athlete because I wasn't competitive in things. And my senior year of college, I was jogging, I was doing some runs. And then I just had a a friend, um, he was doing some personal training at a gym downtown and I was sitting and he, he invited me for a three or four mile run. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, and that sounds impossible. I've never run that far. Um, and then I kind of got hooked after the fact that I could do it. And so then little by little, I just kept 
increasing how far I would go or maybe just how fast I would go, just setting little goals. And it was a little competition with myself, which people will tell you I'm a pretty competitive human. Um, and so then my first race that I chose was the Bix in Iowa um, that next summer. So I really just, you know, kind of dabbled in running and then set myself up to where I went from not running super far to a seven mile run. And then it kind of just felt like most things, you know, could be achievable as long as I had a goal or had a, a, a training program to, to get that far. You chose a super hard race to start with then. Cause that fix <laughs> has like that, that killer hill right at the beginning. Agreed. And I think then, you know, being naive and never having mm -hmm. run that race was good yes. for me because it Definitely. was like, when you don't know, you just sign up for something and Hey, we made it happen. So it was yeah. fun. It was yeah. a great first race. I've done it a couple other times, but it is, it's a nice distance to where you have to kind of train for it. Yeah. And then, um, but it's quick enough that, you know, it goes by and you don't feel super sore from running it necessarily, but um, it's definitely a challenge. It's a, it's a good race. It's a fun one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So how about one of your proudest running moments? So maybe it's a race, maybe it's just achieving a certain distance. Um. I mean, multiple things. I did run one marathon yeah. and I was pretty proud of finishing it. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's definitely an achievement that you have to work towards. I used to joke and say, it's kind of like having another job because the training programs are so intense. Um, I recently, I recently hit a sub two hour in the half marathon that I ran just last Sunday. So that was my most recent achievement. But then I just think for any, any females, any runners, any mamas that can say like, Hey, I kept running after kids is a huge mm -hmm. achievement because your body changes so much. And just to get back out there and, you know, to keep doing it, I think is, you know, something to be proud of overall. I completely agree. Congratulations on the half. And then I just, you. did you ever push your kids in a stroller? Oh God, all the time. Yeah. I still yeah. do. Meal and I, I just went out for a mile yeah. today because yeah. yeah, just something to do. Yeah. We used to love to do that. So when Zach and Addie were little, it was like before any electronics. So I had like one of those old, uh, I, what is it? iPod. Yeah. The iPod thing that I had the shuffle with like some kids music on it. <laughs> so yeah. I, those are some of my favorite moments though, from, you know, good runs. So, Absolutely. uh, yeah. So what tips do you have, I guess, for people like me that we're still trying to run, we're trying to stay injury free, like from the physical therapist perspective, you know, something, you know, any particular stretching resources or sites that you recommend anything like that? Sure. So I think first and foremost, um, just, you know, kind of knowing your body and what you can do or what, you know, feels right. So for me, I will say I can no longer run more than two days in a row. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I've sort of realized like, okay, if I run Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday has to be something different. It has to be a walk or cross training or biking or lifting, but I can't continue to run just my knees don't love it. And so, because I want to continue to run, I like, you know, I, I want to listen to my body. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the older we get, we need to do more stretching dynamic warmups or walking before we start running. We can't just tie our shoes up and then run out the front door. Like that's just, it's not great for our body because it's going to take so much longer for us to warm up. But I think just from an injury prevention standpoint, that's one of the more important things. And then, you know, we talk so much about stretching and staying flexible, but 
I'm hearing more and reading more research now on just how strength training is so much more important. And, you know, running is, is one plane. Everything is sort of in that frontal, you know, forward plane. And so we need to do more lateral strength training, hips, glutes, um, anything, you know, like a lateral lunge or some side stepping, things like that. But we're really where we're turning on those glutes and working side to side um, so that we're not just stuck in one plane of, of action. Um, as far as um, resources, I follow um, Prehab Guys is an Instagram account, and they post stuff all the time for injury ideas, stretches, prevention. Um, it's a great, great resource. They'll have awesome new exercises, and they'll share a lot of um, here's a great hip opener stretch, or you know, if you have Achilles pain, here's some things to do. But then ultimately not just because I'm biased, because I am a physical therapist, but if you have questions as you're going through training, reach out to a therapist or reach out to an athletic trainer or massage therapist, but just ask questions about, you know, Hey, what's a good stretch for this? Or what can I do um, to try to, uh, you know, massage this out or whatever it is that's ailing you. Um, Certainly use the resources you have around you. I think that's the best advice I'd have. Yeah, I like those. I used to, well, I'm probably the last time that my kids have been in to see you. I, I wasn't doing any strength training, but I have mm-hmm. finally implemented that. And I try to do 30 minutes most days. And some days it's just body weight only, but I'm trying to do the things that you said, like the, you know, with the bands, the side to side, the walks, the lunges. And I do think that it's really helped. Uh, I don't like to do it. I'd much rather just run, but I've learned that I don't get to just do what I like to do if I want to keep doing what I like to do. <laughs> so um, that's, that's yep. so true. I am just like you, Sarah. I call myself kind of a cardio junkie, right? Where like, mm-hmm. I feel like I can't get that same high or that same runner's feeling if I don't mm-hmm. run. I don't want to just strength train, but the reality is we won't be able to run as long or as far or continue running if we don't do the other things. So you're absolutely right. And love how you worded that. Yeah. So how about motivation? So you already mentioned, like you have three kids, you, you work full time, your, your husband, your whole family has a business. Like, how do you prioritize it? And I think the people that I've talked to thus far for the show, you know, it's all pretty straightforward. I think we're all internally motivated. So maybe you can list, answer this two ways, how you do, and then how you encourage your clients to, who might not have that internal drive. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So for me, I am just a human of routine. I like routine. I need routine. And as I mentioned, um, running for me is, is my own medicine. Um, it just, I always say it makes me a better mama. It makes me a better wife. It makes me a better PT. Like I just have more patience and grace and understanding for whatever's thrown at me. Um, so I need routine and I need that part of me. Cause I just feel better. Right. So, you know, what happens chemically in our brains is it releases those happy endorphins and those encephalines. And we just have that natural response and that happy, um, suppression of all the other noise and all the other distractions in life. So for me, um, I can tell if I didn't get a workout in, or I, you know, didn't get to work out as hard, mm-hmm. you know, certainly cause I just don't, I, I feel off. I just don't feel as great. So Um, that's where my motivation comes from. Of course, I like to feel healthy. I like to look healthy. Um, you know, there's always that part of me that 
was that competitive athlete. So there's still that competition. You know, I think mm-hmm. naturally for me that wants to feel that adrenaline rush, if you will. Um, as far as my clients, it's a great question because not everybody is motivated the same way. So I just start with encouraging them to start slow, even, you know, a 10 minute walk a day. Um, you know, they say doing anything for 10 minutes does get into that, the happy chemical changes of the brain, but also just cardiovascular, um, fitness and awareness. Um, and then I always tell them, you know, if you can get on a routine and you can stay a little more consistent, it'll just naturally become part of your day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and hopefully they'll start to have that same motivation or start to see that, oh, you know what? I didn't get my walk in today or I didn't get my workout in. And so I actually don't feel as great because I I didn't I didn't take time for me, which I think mm-hmm. is so important, right? It's just, you know, carve out that time. Um, and it's not selfish because it's yeah. gonna make you a better person person overall. And I think that's where sometimes people feel guilt because they're like, oh, I don't have time to work out or I'm taking it away from the kids. But I think you'll realize in doing so you have, you have better experience and, and, you know, just a better quality of time with the kids because you feel better, if that makes sense. I completely, yeah, I totally agree. So I remember when the kids were little, I did occasionally feel guilty, but I think I did realize, you know, I was, my, my patience level, I was so much less crabby if I had gotten some kind of a workout in. And then just as they got older and your kids are still really young, but that, you know, you'll, you'll see like, they just, they respect the the physical activity and they, they just take that as common, you know, that's just what people do. And I think growing up now, I mean, we have this culture, a a country that's, we're so unhealthy. So I'm trying to instill that in my kids that they don't have to run, but they have to do something, you know, just move your body. And, you know, so it's, yeah, I don't think it's selfish at all. It's, um, it's just, makes us all better. So yeah, I love that response. What about just, you might not have hit this spot yet. So again, if you you could answer it based on your clients that maybe were previous athletes, maybe not runners, but you know, how do you deal with the emotional side of slowing down or just not being able to be at the peak? Like, what do you tell yourself or what do you tell your clients to handle that? So, you know, I I think it all comes back to being grateful for what we can do. And so I try to remind myself, you know, um, to, to be thankful for, for the fact that I can still run and that it still feels good and I can still get that runner's high. And that's what I try to encourage with patients. So let's say they had a total knee replacement. And when you have a total knee, the physician, the orthopedist will often say like, you can never run again. And so Mm -hmm. it's just trying to find them. Um, and that's because the, you know, the theory, the research behind it is it will wear the joint out more quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for people that are used to running or they liked that, then we just try to talk about, okay, well, you know, an elliptical trainer is, is still, you'll get that. You might feel that same, you know, runner's high, but it's a little less impact. Biking is no impact. Swimming is not impact. Um, you know, yoga, weight training, they'll usually turn to things like pickleball or something, you know what I mean? Something Mm -hmm. where just have to find that joy. So you still have to find that thing that like just makes you happy. And it's something that you want to do, you know, all the time. Um, and you know, walking for all purposes, walking Mm -hmm. is fantastic because it's so much less impact. 
you can still get your distance in. You're still outside if that's your preferred, you know, terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, and you still get that, that release, right. Just from being outside. So I think it's really just, okay. It's not, it's, you know, it's not a, a death sentence or it's not a sentence to say like, you can't be active. It's just simply how can you be active and what works for your body now um, versus what you used to do. And then, you know, really just kind of build off of that and, and try new things because you might fall in love with something you had no idea, you know, was your, was your gig because you used to be a runner or whatever that used to, you know, quotation is. Yeah, that's funny. The used to part, because so many people, as I'm reaching out to old friends to do this, they respond and they're like, well, I used to be a runner, but now I only do like two to three miles or like, I'm not really a runner anymore. I'm like, no, that's the whole point of this. You know, like uh, we all are still just doing the best we can to stay like healthy emotionally and physically and just be the best versions of ourselves. So I think that So my sister-in-law recently quoted this and I love it, but she's her quote, her new quote is like, well, who says, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's our own brain that's yeah. saying, who says I'm not still a runner. If I'm still doing two or three miles, I'm going to consider myself a runner, right? Like you're still running and you're still trying. And so, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be so black and white, like, oh, I could only do intervals or I I'm only walk running. Like that's mm-hmm. okay. You're still running. Congratulations. Like you're still trying to get that heart rate up and, you know, trying to feel that same adrenaline rush or whatever, you know? So I think there is a lot of, um, you know, an impact and in, in just how, what we're saying to our own self. Right. But like, congratulate yourself. Like, Hey, I just did two miles. That's pretty awesome. Absolutely. What about nutrition? Do you have any tips or any personal things that you do with, you know, related to that? So nutrition, especially when we're talking about, um, I don't want to say the aging population, but you know, when we're running and and we can no longer. Mm -hmm. So nutrition is so important. Meaning if you actually clean up on the nutrition side of it, you don't Mm -hmm. have to work out as hard. It's pretty great. So you can actually just eat a whole lot better and only have to walk or only mm-hmm. have to bike. Like I think some people, you know, we eat like runners, right? Like, Oh, I can eat that piece of cake. Cause I just ran six miles. Yeah. But really if we look at nutrition um, and maybe we just, you know, cut back on a few things, I don't believe in cutting out entire food groups, but that's mm-hmm. just my mentality. Um, I'm not a huge carb loading human, like carbs, not that all carbs don't work well with me, but particularly like if I ate, gluten all day long. If I had toast for breakfast, a sandwich for lunch, and then pasta at dinner, I'm going to feel awful, Mm -hmm. like just Mm -hmm. awful. So for me, I allow myself something one at one meal a day, Mm -hmm. but the rest of the day, I'll try to eat just my proteins or salad. Like I literally live off of salads. Um, and even before races, like for me, I can't, I'm not going to carb low. Cause I'm the next day I'm actually going to feel worse and I'm not gonna be able to run because yeah. it's not going to sit well. So I think just knowing again, you know, your body, but how, what, what foods you process and digest better is important. Um, you know, and, and learning where you can cut out certain things that maybe, you know, you used to be able to get away with, right. There's the used to word. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think that as we, you know, as you're supposed to get wiser as we get older, right. So just knowing what really truly works for you and you know, you may have to cut, cut things out that you could get away with in the past, but still just, 
you know, get your core food groups and, and get your protein. I think that's important really is, is protein, especially as we're aging, um, for women, for, um, you know, our estrogen levels are going to change. So we want to make sure we're getting some sort of calcium and vitamin D into our bodies for bone density purposes. Um, so whether that's supplements, you know, if you're not a dairy person, that's totally fine. There's other ways to get calcium, um, broccoli, you know, other, other foods, but just make sure you're, you know, staying aware of that just from a bone density standpoint. Yeah. So my takeaway from that is just how simple you made it because I think the nutrition aspect can get so complicated and it's really not that complicated. So your summary was what a minute or two, and it's essentially, you know, just eat what works well for you. Definitely don't overdo on the carbs, you know, protein, and then, you know, fruits and vegetables like crazy. Right. And yeah. I mean, that's essentially it, <laughs> you know, eat yeah. what makes you feel good. So, and not may- maybe at the, that minute, but later. <laughs> so, yes, yes. And, and water, like really yes. let's talk about hydration. So, mm-hmm. you know, hydration doesn't mean day of it's, it's really two to three days in advance if it's a race or if you're training for something, but you know, water is really, um, you know, just, I don't know the resource of life, but you'll feel so much better if you're hydrated doing all things like just living. Um, and it helps with digestion. So if you're mm-hmm. someone who, you know, is like, Oh, I just always feel bloated. Like, how can that be? I ran four miles. I'm eating better. Maybe it's that we're not getting enough hydration in. And so we can't pass it through the system like we should be. So really just, and you know, I I will admit being a PT and working in a clinic right now where we're wearing masks still, um, hydration is tough. Like it is, I have to make a point to stay hydrated. Um, and I think just getting as much water in as possible is super important to any diet or lifestyle that's out there. Cause we just, our bodies need it. Like just 100% needs it. Yeah. That's a good reminder. And just getting back to that half marathon that you just did, what did you do for hydration and nutrition for that? Did you take anything along the run? Like yeah, besides so water? I, I used cliff blocks for uh-huh. my energy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a goo person like that just doesn't sit well in my tummy and I don't love it. And then water throughout the race. And they had a lot of, um, they had a lot of stops, which was great. And then they had some Gatorade. So really for me, it was the cliff blocks, water Gatorade. And that's, that's what got me through. Um, but train, you know, try the stuff while you're training that you're going to plan to take with you on race day or, you know, see what works for you. Um, again, I'm one of those people that I, I, I can eat a tiny, like light breakfast before I go out and run, but my stomach doesn't love running on anything full. So mm-hmm. just knowing, you know, kind of what works for you. Um, so I did, I had like a half a English muffin or something with almond butter and I actually had coffee. Cause I'm one of those people that thinks that caffeine makes me feel less fatigued. And so I had a little bit of coffee and water and that was it. But, um, but yes, just, you know, try, try new things, try when you're out on a long run. And really, I think, you know, the research shows or says anything, beyond an hour is really when you start to break down, you know, some of that glucose and those glycogen stores. So that's when you need to start adding that back in. So for me, if it was, you know, an eight or nine miler, I might take it at five or six miles and then just to get through the last few miles. Um, and I can definitely feel my threshold. I can tell when I'm, when I start to need something more, if I'm going to continue to run. 
Yeah. I'm another person that has to have coffee before I head out just for my daily run. I was on a yeah. work trip and they didn't have coffee in the hotel. And I thought I was literally, I'm like, how am I going to do this? But I did it. Uh, and <laughs> so, but it was, it was not fun. What about uh, gear? Like, do you have, what kind of watch do you use or do you have any specific things that you like to have for that? My watch. So I, I bought a Garmin a couple mm-hmm. of years ago that that was my treat to myself because yes. It's more, it, for me, it's more accurate on the GPS side. And I was using just like a, a Fitbit, which I was running in a, a group of girls and they were always like, oh, we're at 3.25. And I'd look down and be like, oh, mine's only at like 3.6 or 3.06. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not running that extra you know, little distance. So <laughs> yeah. I, I did buy the Garmin um, gear. So my husband and I decided uh, it's, it'll, we're coming up on two years, but we did buy a Peloton bike Yeah, and I love it. Um, I don't use it nearly as much in the summers just because I prefer to be outside and running, but I do mm-hmm. use it a lot during, you know, the cold, cooler months. Yeah. But with that comes the Peloton platform. So I use a lot of their training. Um, I'll, even if I'm outside running, I'm probably listening to a Peloton run just yeah. for the music and just for yeah. some of the pearls that the instructors will say, but it, it, it's just a distraction, mm-hmm. um, but they do have great strength training and, um, boot camps and yoga. I mean, they have it all on their platform, which, which is funny. Cause as a PT, I can prescribe all of that to everyone else. But when I'm actually working out, I don't want to have to think. So I like just listening to someone else. Tell me what to do. Yeah. Um, I, I, Oh, I have a run belt, right. That I keep my phone in that I use all the time. And I have a, a runner's like lamp that straps around my chest um, that I got off Amazon. So if I'm going out for an early morning run, I'll make sure to make sure I have my light on just so once so other cars and people yeah. see me, but then I can see sidewalks. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, I recently started wearing the socks that have like the higher tagged, you know, backs just because I was getting blisters from the longer distances or new shoes when I'm breaking them in. So that, that's been a nice find. And then, um, we bought, we have a Theragun so that, so if I do have some sore muscles, it's, you know, being a PT, it's hard to work on yourself, but I do have some gimmicks that the Theragun and, you know, I'll roll out, but those have been just newer add-ons, um, that I think have helped me, especially for the half marathon, certainly like yeah, yeah. Get through that, that soreness, um, so yeah, so that's that's some of my gear, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, those are really good ones. I kind of forget about the Theragun because I bought one for my son and he uses it, but I, I forget that we have it. So that's a good reminder for like yeah. when you have something acting up. And that Peloton app, we used the free version when COVID first started and we yeah. were all stuck at home. And I yeah. loved that. It was great because yeah. you could do like time and distance, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to have to consider... Um, actually paying for that service. So those are good. Thank you so much. These are all just wonderful tips. How about for yourself for the next 10, 20 years? Like what kind of goals are you setting? How are you going to, you know, kind of keep yourself motivated and checked? I don't think you need any external motivation, but just, you know, your goals for the next 10, 20 years. Those are great questions. So um, in 10 years, I, I hope that I'm still doing a lot of the same things, probably doing a little more cross training. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like to get into the biking more. 
Um, I think we have great, you know, some great trails here in Iowa and maybe doing a few days at Reg Bry. Um, but I, I don't see running going away unless there's something mm-hmm. that prohibits me from doing so. So I'd like to think that I'm still going to be out running. Um, I, I wrote down maybe a triathlon. Like I think yeah. that there should be a, a change in my training at some point where I'm like, okay, let me do some swimming, biking and running and see how mm-hmm. this goes. Um, probably just a short one, obviously to start out 20 years from now. So Bob and I like to joke. So he's in the, you know, restaurant hospitality industry and I'm in the PT world. And so we say our, our retirement plan, Sarah, is that we're going to own a retreat someday where I'm going to be doing, instructing some of the fitness and wellness classes. And he's going to be in charge of the the food and the the stay and the hospitality. So whether or not that happens, but I would say that is a 20 year goal is that I am somewhere near a ocean. Mm-hmm. I get my daily walks. I do some yoga and I'm teaching fitness classes because that's like, I think that's all around wellness for me is just still giving back and wanting to make people feel better. Um, but you know, being near an ocean somewhere, that's, that sounds glorious. It does. I would absolutely attend something like that. Andy and I would be on board to like go to a retreat okay, like that. You that would be, be super cool. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So make it a plan. You've said it on a podcast now, so you have to do it. So, I have to do it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. And I've, I've taken some notes and I'm going to look up a couple of these resources too. And I know that the listeners will appreciate it. Uh, And, you know, I just appreciate your time. I always appreciate the physical therapy that you've provided to my kids. Uh, And you actually, Andy came to see you too. So that was awesome. Yeah. You see, you must be doing everything right. Cause you're the only one who hasn't actually needed us yet. So we should all be listening to you. I think I just slowed down. So (laughs) that was it. So yeah, I just slowed down so sadly, but I'm trying to uh, get back a little bit more so that I'm not just doing the same type of run over and over, you know, because I think I just stopped doing speed training and everything. I'm like, I don't have to necessarily stop it. I just have to do it all smarter and devise a little bit more of a plan. So yeah, but yeah. Thank you again. And uh, I will share this and we will, maybe we'll get back, get you back on when you are in your forties and then you ha- can really feel what it's like. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Thanks, Thank Kathy. You for having me. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for listening to the running after age 40 podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate and give us a like in iTunes. Also check out our website, www.runningwithgrit.com for all things related to running over the age of 40. We have a special gift guide up for the holidays on the site designed to share stocking stuffer ideas and gifts for runners at pretty much every price. Thanks for listening.